You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host, Adam, and... Ha ah! ha! Oh, oh. They're just the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. When if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Happy Halloween, everyone. Or at least happy Halloween weekend to all of you. I hope uh, whatever you're doing, you're having fun, you're being safe, and you're getting drunk. It's Just, adult Halloween. Yes, adult Halloween. You know, uh, last year, uh, one of the houses that I went uh, by for Halloween, they were giving out some adult treats. Like, guy was pouring shots uh, for all the parents that were walking by. And that's you awesome. Buy, you didn't call me. I. <laughs> my my bad. What day of the week was Halloween? I might have been drinking it already anyway and unable to drive <laughs> over there. I th- I think it was during the weekend. Sounds like a guy uh, that should be listening to our show. Yeah, right. You should have yeah. handed him a flyer. Yeah. <laughs> show him the QR code. Ad- adults and uh, parents among us, ideas. Anyways, yep. anyways, uh, welcome to our show. First off, if you need a if you need a cool costume like the drunk wrestling historian, head over to whatamaneuver.net and get those drunk wrestling history t-shirts. Tank tops, onesie. It's not going to come on time, but still, get a fucking shirt. But tank tops, hoodies, onesies for the miniature drunk marks and drunk marquettes. Want them looking like a true drunk wrestling historian, whether it's for Halloween or any other day of the year, whatamaneuver.net, buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. That would actually be funny if someone dressed up as one of us for Halloween. <laughs> Get those fake tattoo dress up sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's going to dress up as me, you need a triple XL. <laughs> <laughs> and you had, you had to have seen a Sullivan in San Diego. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, I got a brief uh sullivan story before we really get get going into the show oh yeah please share well you and i just got back from new orleans we did right and like what a fucking trip that was on we haven't been there it's we've turned it into you pointed out it's been every four years it was WrestleMania 30 34 and then it's been four years since then so we went back for our i guess our i don't know what you call that i don't know what i don't know if there's a word for every four years i don't think that there is yeah but we managed to shoot wrestling in we did. We managed to shoot. Yeah, right. It was going to be like their first non-wrestling trip. And then you pointed out that SmackDown was in town. Yeah. What are the odds? The one oh, yeah. time we're in NOLA in four years and fucking yeah. SmackDown's in town. And the chicks had plans that night. So we had nothing to do. Dude, it was like the stars aligned. Yeah, it was. It was perfect. I don't think we're supposed to go unless wrestling is there now. I think so. Yeah. Every four years we go see wrestling. Yeah. The wrestling lords have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a crazy trip, man. I came back. I had. I got. I came back with pink eye. Which, oh shit! Which I mean, 
If you go to New Orleans and you don't get an infection, did you really go to New Orleans? Exactly, yeah. Either below the belt or above the belt. It doesn't matter. You just got to come back with something. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and then like a dumbass, I did the same thing I did at Aftershock last year. I waited till the last night. Not that I didn't get drunk before, but I probably got the drunkest the last night before having to fly home. (laughs) The very last night, dude. Because we, so, so we, Scott found a badass apartment that we stayed in. And it was Shannon awesome. found it. Like, Let's give credit where it's due. It was actually for okay. Shannon's 40th birthday. That's why we went. Yeah, we were right. celebrating her 40th birthday. Yes, and then Shan and went into business and was like, "I'm gonna, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna find a spot and found a spot right on Iberville, two blocks down from Bourbon Street." Yeah, which was awesome. And the only problem with it was we were right, we were directly above a bar. We were on the second floor, and there's a bar below us, and they played this loud ass bassy music till 2:30 every night. Right. So. On nights where you weren't drinking, you can't get to, I couldn't anyway, I couldn't sleep. Like two of the nights, um, I just could not get to sleep till that music turned off. So our last night, we were kind of like, okay, we'll take it easy. We went hard last night. So our, you know, that would have been Sunday. So Monday we're like, okay, we'll take it easy. We had dinner at like 10 or something, nine or 10. And we got back to the room. I grabbed a couple drinks to take upstairs before going up to the room. And that was the start of it's happening. And that was the start of it. And everybody else was going to bed. And I was like, oh, I'm going to stay up and watch some TV. And then I was like, well, I'm only a little buzz. And it's early. It's like 10. I was like, I'm going to go downstairs to the bar. Dude, I stayed at that bar till like four. <laughs> Came upstairs, ate, yes. half, ate the second half of my crab or my uh, shrimp po' boy and passed out on the couch. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I sleep naked normally. Um, so I, <laughs> I took my pants off and just slept on the couch. So in the morning, Shannon gets up and I'm on the couch with no pants on him and just a t-shirt and no pants. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I was rolled over facing the back of the couch, so she just saw my ass. Yeah, you were dick to cushions, not ass to cushions. Right, right. And then I thought about it the next day and I was like, dude, it's totally possible I would have been rolled over the other way. You know, I, like, yes. I definitely, I shift in my sleep all the time. And I was like, she would have walked in and seen my Sullivan. Right, just if I'd been right, right there, yep. It was right there. And then I, dude, I didn't think about it till the flight home. I was asleep, right? I probably would have had a boner. Like she, <laughs> a kickstand, if you will. Yeah, she would have walked in and seen that. <laughs> That's all impressive, dude. Yeah, yeah, she comes in because like we, we're waking up because we were going to go to Cafe <laughs> Dumont to get breakfast for everybody. And she goes out to do her makeup. Like five minutes later, she comes back in. She's like, um, babe, can you do me a favor? Can you go get my mirror and all of my makeup? I'm like, why? What happened? She's like, uh, Eddie's on the couch and he has no pants on. <laughs> I was like, wait, is he wearing underwear? And she goes, no, I saw his ass. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> so I go in there and sure as shit, you're dick to cushions, luckily still. I go in, I get her mirror, her makeup, take it back in. And I guess at some point, Carissa came out and gave you your shorts or came out and told you to put your shorts on. She told on, me to put you- them on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which you did, and I still which managed I to get a picture of that, which I believe I sent to you. You did, you did. That's with my pants on, but my ass is still kind of sticking out of them. Yeah, you got the plumber's look going on. And the plumber's look, yeah. Yeah, I'm completely passed out drunk. Vintage like Eddie. Nine in the morning. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, you yeah. went way hard the last fucking night. Yeah, I have a habit of doing that. I've done it in Vegas a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, dude, that was fucking golden. That yeah. was so great. That is epic. Yeah. But hey, the benefits well, of having a bar right downstairs just, underneath your room. Just congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, congratulations to Shannon, too. Um, yes, yeah, so to her. Um, She's so, gone okay, from MILF we, to Cougar. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so speaking of congratulations, um, one thing I want to get out of the way before we get started is congratulations to one of our favorite listeners, Jeff, um, a.k.a. Verbal Sows. Uh, he got married a couple weeks ago. Um, Woo! We hadn't gotten a chance to, to Congrats, mention dude. that on here yet. So yeah, super happy for him. And that's kind of it. The only other quick Behind thing. to make, life, Jeff. We're almost nine minutes into this, so I'm going to make this quick. I uh, just want to say hi to our international listeners who are in the UK, Canada, Denmark, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, Germany, Poland, Puerto Rico, and that one dude in India. And let's Thanks, get into the show, Adam. Uh, really oh, quick. And, I'm, I'm, and I'm drinking some Belgian beer, and Scott's drinking black and probably, right? Uh, no, surprisingly, because uh, we had Shannon's uh, 40th birthday party, all of our blackened is gone. We bought two bottles, oh. and that shit vanished in addition to seven or eight other bottles of alcohol that were in the house. So, luckily, a bunch of people brought beer to the party. So, my garage fridge, literally from top to bottom, including the door shelves, stocked with beer. I need to throw like three more parties just to get rid of the beer. It's like the refrigerator in Superbad in the garage. It is, dude. Yeah. yeah. So but if you I'm want to come over, bring that yellow jug of uh, laundry detergent. We'll yeah. empty that shit out. We'll fill it with beer. You take that shit home. But uh, oh, yeah. I'm drinking uh, Belching Beavers Peanut Butter Milk Stout. That's good. I've had that. It's really it's, good. It's pretty good. So uh, there's that. Ooh, nice. And uh, cheers. Wait, but All under right. but under that logic, if you have more parties, then you're just going to get more stocked. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah, that is true. We have to tell people right off the bat, do not bring more liquor. Well, let me rephrase that. Don't bring beer. more beer. Feel free to bring liquor. Yeah, that happens in my house, too. Someone will bring a 12-pack of Sierra Nevada, which I can't stand, and they'll drink two, and I have 10 of them in my refrigerator for the next year because I won't touch them. Yeah, nobody's drinking that shit. Yeah, yeah. Use that for cooking. I'm, I'm, paused, <laughs> I'm using some Teddy's root beer. It was from my Seattle Amazing. trip. Nice. All right. That's all it is. All right. Well, let's get into the episode, Adam. It's uh, now 10 minutes and four seconds in. <laughs> it would have been more fitting if we were 13 minutes in. <laughs> so let's pre let's pretend that's the case. <laughs> it is Halloween weekend, and we are going over our wrestlers that have spooky gimmicks. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? Well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go? So we each, so it's like, we, you guys know we do these type of episodes all the time where we each make a list. Yeah, and um, we never discuss ahead of time how we're going to do it. No, because why do, you know, why prepare before when you can right. prepare during the show? And right. have it's a very drunken to thing it. to do to just go on the fly. Yeah. Um, and do you want to just. And we are not do, do breaking go, with gimmicks here. Do you want to just go around the room and hit yeah, one Yeah, let's the go time? around the room. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I never yeah, go first. Yeah, throw one out, dude. Okay. Should I leave this creepy music playing? I'm going to yes, leave it playing should. and maybe... Okay. All right. I'm gonna, is it too loud? No, it's like when Mitch Hedberg had the bass riff playing behind during a set. Oh, it yeah, adds yeah. It an ambiance. Right. Oh, shit. Hold on. I just clicked something. I clicked a YouTube ad. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your All right, blue um, pill I'll today. Go first. Um, this is Pete Davidson for Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaped fired those jabronis from drunk wrestling history and they caught me. If you um, want your shit to bleed like new, Jack, get manscaped. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, the first one on my list is a character um, that I thought was super cool. A lot of people, if you if you missed six months of wrestling in the 90s, you would not have seen this guy. He was, boom, in and out. He was there for a, uh, he was there for a uh, pint of beer. Um, Excellent. 
Dan Spivey as Waylon Mercy. Excellent choice, dude. I thought he was so cool. So, Adam, Ed, you don't know. You, Ed, you haven't seen him, have you? Educate me. Okay. Um, he was based on, did you ever see the movie? Um, Cape Fear. Gosh, Cape Fear. Did you ever see the movie Cape Fear? Yes. Okay. So, Max Cady is the villain in it. It's Robert De Niro. He was basically Max Cady. Um, he wore a Hawaiian totally. shirt. Yep. He, he wore linen pants. He um he had a tattoo of a dagger on his forehead, which Max Katie didn't have. I don't I don't think. Um and he did like kind of like a nice southern gentleman type thing. He would walk to the ring and shake the fans' hands and thank yeah. him for being there to see him. Yeah. You know, he comes out just like this really like nice, friendly guy. But then he would get in the ring and he was just vicious. Um and Dan Spivey was a good wrestler. He never really had he had he, I mean he did a million different things. Um yep. okay. he ever, I- did he ever I'm looking him up right now. So I would, yeah, it looks like maybe a diet version of uh, Bray Wyatt swamp trash. Interesting you say that. Exactly, because, um, right, when Bray Wyatt first um, showed up, I was like, wow, it's Waylon Mercy. He's doing the Waylon Mercy gimmick. He's dressed exactly the same way. I don't think Waylon Mercy wore a hat, though. Bray wore the hat. Correct. But, Mm -hmm. But Waylon Mercy suggested the gimmick to Bray. He was at NXT for some, you know, how okay. they would have tra- um, they would have old school guys come in and sit in on classes, and he suggested it to Bray. He gave him that um, gimmick, and he actually voiced, I think, the buzzard when he was the fiend when they had the stupid fucking oh. puppets. Yeah, okay. he was the voice of the stupid fucking puppet. Um, so he was just a great. I thought he, I thought he played the role perfectly, and he did. The, and the great thing about it is, I didn't even, I didn't know that he was doing. Uh, I didn't know that that character was based on a character from a movie. I'd never seen Cape Fear because this was, I would have been like 15 or something. What year was this? 95, 96? It was like mid 90s. Yeah, 94, 95, somewhere in there. Yeah, so it's a Scorsese movie. And Scorsese is my favorite director. I've seen almost all of his movies, but that one I saw way later. Like at that point, I'd probably only seen Goodfellas and Casino. Um, years later, I watched the movie and I'm like, this is Waylon Mercy. Like, yeah. it's exactly Waylon Mercy. It kind of hit me, you know, after the fact. That's how so, good of a job he did at playing that character. Yeah, he just be able to watch yeah. the movie and be like, "Oh, that's that's the wrestler guy." Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was he was great. He was super. He really committed to that gimmick, and you bought into it. And Spivey was a good wrestler. He was good in the ring, and he cut I a mean, great thought, promo as Waylon Mercy too. Like the way he'd look into the camera was, mm-hmm. and he had that psychotic back, like something behind the eyes was very psychotic, almost like when Jake turned heel. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he could cut that like that kind of haunting promo, and Waylon did that so well. Yeah, you believed it. You know, you're like, man, you this totally guy's fucked did. Up. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. He, he's this... gonna find me and kill me in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At this point, I'm like 16, 17. Like, I know what's going on. Right, right. But I'm like, but you know, sometimes they kind of blur that line where you're like, is he really kind of fucked up? Because there are a lot of wrestlers who are fucked up. Right. So right. You, you know, he almost had me. I don't know if he had me convinced, but he had me. I don't know. You know. Right. Right. No, so, he was great. Yeah, so that's my uh, first one. Nice. I could definitely picture that with, with his attire and like a few other pictures of him, just in-ring clips. I could see that great mashup together. What are you eating? Peanuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do, Adam, I got to know. How do peanuts tie into Halloween? I figured you'd so be gr- eating M&Ms or peanut butter cups. It's what was available. I, I should see. have been. Eating, yeah, okay. I should have been eating ha- Halloween candy. I, I didn't think about it. I do have some Halloween candy. I should have just grabbed a handful of those. I haven't yeah. bought any yet. Yeah. You hit that shitty house that doesn't hand out sugar. <laughs> they hand out fucking peanuts <laughs> or popcorn balls. 
<laughs> I was at not, not a cool house that hands out hella sugar sugary candy and fucking USB drives with porn on it. <laughs> you hit one of those shitty houses, dude. I'm sorry. So I was at Oogie Boogie Bash a few weeks ago. I didn't realize until after I came home at one of the trick or treat stations. They gave me fucking carrots. Oh god. And so and so I'm emptying out all the candy, just checking out. All right, got all this cool stuff. What the hell? Are these carrots? These have been unrefrigerated for how many days now? <laughs> the least they could do is throw some ranch tip in with yeah, them. Jeez. True. Bring them over. I'll feed them to my guinea pig. Then again, it, <laughs> it was dark. I wouldn't have realized that it was carrots when they gave it to me. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. Circus peanuts. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody says that. Nobody no. says that. No one's ever said that. Nobody's ever said that. All right. Who's up next? I'll go next. Uh, uh, so I'm going to throw a softball out there. And okay. I'm kind of going into your time frame here, Eddie, of uh, mid-90s. Okay. It's more on the early 90s side, but I'm going Papa Shango. Okay. I thought you might have him, and I have him too. So, I I mean, look, at, at the time he came in, I was already, quote-unquote, smart to the business. Like, I right. knew he was a gimmick, but it still didn't make it any less entertaining watching him every Saturday lay out jobbers with his voodoo shit. But then when he got into that feud with Warrior... Mm -hmm. And he's got Warrior, like, spewing that black muck from his head. Right. And then he had him throwing up in the ring and convulsing. And that shit was awesome, dude. It was fucking cool, dude. It was fantastic. And then they also got him into the main event at WrestleMania 8. He wasn't right. in the match, but he showed up and interfered. Yeah. Like, you're thinking there's big things ahead for this guy. Unfortunately, Papa Shango became Kama and then became the Godfather. So he never really had, like, that big moment as Papa Shango, aside from WrestleMania 8, but for what he provided as Papa Shango, it's one of those gimmicks that's lasted. Like, people still remember it. People still talk about it. He makes action figures, trading cards, all sorts of merchandise still with that likeness. Yeah. So for that gimmick to endure all these years, got to give it up to Papa Shango. And that's another one where he committed to the gimmick. You know, totally. he made it believable. Yeah. And they did, and I mean, the WWE put their whole thing behind him. They did those cool vignettes before. Oh, yeah, he had the machine behind him for sure. Yeah, dude. when when he showed up for his first match, you knew exactly what this character was. I exactly. missed those vignettes. You know, NXT do does, uh, I haven't watched NXT most of this year. I assume they still do, but they used to be really good about that. When you're bringing a new character, show these, not Vera's coming, you know, where nothing happens. But right. those ones that really explain to you who a character is. And they did a great job of that with Papa Shango. They totally um, did. Like, imagine Razor Ramon without those vignettes, like, two months right. before he showed up. Had they right. done that with Papa Shango, you'd be like, who the hell is this guy? This, this exactly. is just a, more fodder for The Undertaker, right? Like, that's who this guy is. But they gave him those vignettes and established him. Yeah, right. And then, the, yeah, the warrior thing was so cool. Like you said, like, he had warrior throw up, and he had the black shit drip out of his forehead, which was really cool. I remember... Re rewinding that because I used to tape the show pretty much every weekend. Yeah. I remember rewinding it back and forth like trying to see how because I knew it wasn't real. Right. I'm like where they I was like he had a jacket on. He was wearing a yes. jacket. So he and must he have never had a, wore a jacket. So you knew yeah. something was up. And I'm thinking he probably had a squeeze ball in his pocket. Correct. You know and a tube. Yeah. And it it must have just been tucked under his bangs just right. You know they put it right, in his hair right. just right. Yeah. But you couldn't see it worked. You know you couldn't see it. It did. But look at this guy. Yeah. I mean a gimmick that was honestly kind of a throwaway thing because yeah. they were doing these a lot in the early 90s. But for them to put him into a program with Hogan and Warrior, I mean, that's a big deal, dude. Like, totally, and, totally. And that is why I think to this day, people still remember Papa Shango. Exactly. All right, my turn. I'm going to start off with something that shouldn't be a surprise at all. It is my boy, <laughs> the Boogeyman. 
Nice. I mean, just how could I not? I mean, for at least for me, but in the spirit of Halloween, he hasn't wrestled in a WWE ring in how many years? He is still being brought back every year for all the Halloween gimmicks, anything that is a related spooky gimmick. Uh, yeah, he'll th- probably be on Raw Monday. Most likely. How fucking epic would that be? Uh, he was on, <laughs> He was on. Uh, for those of you that watched that show, he was on The Bump uh, earlier today with Shotzi Blackheart. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, he fed her worms. Started taking over, the, <laughs> taking over the camera and all that shit, and uh, like all those behind the behind the scenes. I think they did like a candy or Halloween treat uh, video last year. He's assisting them, cause how cr- how creepy and how yeah how creepy gimmicky is he to be cel- and he's continued to be celebrated how many years after his last match. Probably I 15 just, years, close to it. I anyway. know. Oh, yeah. They're still making action figures of that guy. Mm-hmm. They're still putting mm-hmm. him on trading cards. They're still making merchandise of the Boogeyman. And he debuted in what, 05? And I think that was his gimmick. I think he came up with that himself. Yeah, he lied yeah. about his age, came up with the gimmick on his own, and he got it over. Like, yeah. kudos to that guy, man. Totally, yeah. I want to say, like, to this day, it's because he's still uh, posting his workout videos, uh, just about personally discipline, uh, all those positive messages, but uh, being true to yourself. But in his case, just being a character that is as demented as this and... Like also in his lead ups to his eventual debut, just popping up uh, when Cena was doing interviews uh, backstage, uh, just hanging upside down to scare Booker and Charmel. <laughs> That's Eddie's favorite that match stuff. from uh, WrestleMania 22. Uh, no, it's not my favorite match from WrestleMania 22, but it's 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 maybe my fourth. <laughs> and that was a good WrestleMania. You know what I mean? It was a really was good a great show. WrestleMania, so like, yeah, dude. Right. Every yeah. match was good. So it might be my fourth favorite. I love that. <laughs> I love that match. You're right. That bit was great, Adam, with Booker. That was just awesome stuff. Yeah. His, um, his drunk- one WrestleMania mo- or moment. And I guess with Booker T, what a great uh, rub to have. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Good, great uh, bit of confidence uh, for him to, to share with Boogeyman. Drunk fact, CM Punk once told a story that Boogeyman, you know, when he ate those worms, they were real worms. Right. They were moving, that, yeah. Yeah, and he was sick. He got some kind of sickness. Something was wrong with him. And mm. he went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, he told the doctor he eats worms. And the doctor was like, what's the matter with you, dude? You can't eat worms. You got <laughs> to knock that shit off. But I think he kept doing it. You know, like maybe he only did it on TV. Maybe he wasn't doing it at house shows anymore. Right. But this is just me speculating. But I know he, that wasn't the end of the eating worms but he was told by a doctor he needs to stop eating worms. <laughs> I would not Damn. be surprised. He's he's that committed and that entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was great. I love the Boogeyman. Also, immer- was it crawling out with uh, smoke, breaking the top, the clock on his head and emerging from under the ring? He he always he would always find a creepy way to have his presence known. So, mm-hmm. love, yeah. love the Boogeyman. All right, I'll give you my next one. Um, so this is actually my last one because I only did three. I know you guys did more, or I don't know how many you did, Adam, but Scott did more to me, um, and Scott stole one of mine. So oh, sorry. Um, it's okay. It's it's fine. Um, you know, I underachieved on this episode. It's been a it's been a weird week. Um, so I would have <laughs> had more, but I well, I, 
actually told you before we started recording, I just finished this list like 20 minutes before we started recording. Let's blame so, New Orleans. I blame New Orleans. I blame Pink Eye. Yeah, you were um, going to do these notes on the last night in NOLA, but you got fucked up instead. And hey, we're a drunk podcast, so we got to respect that. Exactly, exactly. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Bear so ass exposed. My, <laughs> so my last one is, um, it's kind of two, two and one. It's the Gangrel, it's Gangrel specifically and the Brood more generally. Good picks. Oh, yes. Was oh, so, yes. Gangrel was so cool and he was such... Um, how do I say it? Not so much the timing of when he was there was perfect, but it was like a, um, it was very um, contemporary when he was there because vampires were a huge thing ever since Interview with the Vampire came out. Right, right. Because they were making a million vampire movies in the late nineties, yeah, or in, mm-hmm. into like the early mid two thousands, and now it's zombies. Now it's been zombies for the last fifteen years. Got to like Dracula, Dracula two thousand. They did Dracula uh, two thousand. They did mm-hmm. um, that one with the girl who died in the plane crash. Um, Aaliyah. Oh yeah, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Queen of yeah. the Damned. Wasn't she? Didn't she sing "America the Beautiful" at nineteen? Did she? I don't know. No. Anyway, she's dead. Um, oh, Blade. Blade came Blade. out. Blade. They did Blade. Yeah, they did a million of them. Yeah, definitely um, so, like, contemporary, va- modernizing them. Yeah. So vampires were the cool thing at the time, and uh, so they bring out Gangrel. Gangrel had been doing the gimmick on his own before. Um, he didn't. It was not a WWE gimmick, but they really souped it up. Does he to this day still have the greatest entrance of all time? Oh, dude! Love I, it. Look, it's so good that Edge brought it back oh, oh. at last year's SummerSlam. The music's playing. The music went to a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone was talking in the background in one of your rooms. I was like, "Who's this chick talking?" I looked down at the phone. Chicks <laughs> in a, your room, dude. Yeah, it's a YouTube ad. The phone calls um, coming from inside the house. Right. It's so cool that Edge brought it back at SummerSlam last year, and he's done it once yes. or twice since then. He did it at WrestleMania. Both, I think, both too. Uh, SummerSlams. Okay. Or, both la- SummerSlams, or last I, last two SummerSlams, practically. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so for anybody who didn't see it, he would rise up out of the uh, stage from below the stage. There'd be a ring of fire on the stage, and he would rise up out of it holding this chalice with this psychotic grin on his face. He's wearing sunglasses. He was blonde, which you don't picture a vampire being blonde. So right away, he was kind of different. You know, he's kind of yep. a different, cool vampire. And he'd step through the fire and walk to the ring. He'd go up to the top of the steps. He'd take a sip of the of the blood and he'd spray it all over the crowd. And he's right. in a white shirt. He's in a puffy shirt. Um, yeah, puffy like, shirt. Like, yeah, like Seinfeld. Right, right. So the blood would get all over the shirt, and then he gets in the ring and whips a guy's ass. Um, drunk fact: I don't know if you ever heard this story, but they did a house show at Madison Square Garden one time. Trump was there. Vince put Trump in the front row, right by the steps. Oh shit! Didn't tell Gangrel, and Gangrel was spitting blood all over fucking Trump. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he was just really cool like i'm saying like he seemed like a cool he, he seemed like a vampire who like would go clubbing too because he's in those like club pants almost yes. you know what i mean yeah like and it was like there was remember that scene in blade where there was like that vampire club and the blood started coming from the ceiling right, and all that right he seemed yep. like he would hang out there he totally. was just like he was creepy he was super fucking cool and then he ends up getting edge and christian to join him and they dressed like him but they weren't as he had fangs they didn't have fangs. They would wear the glasses. Um, they didn't spit blood. So he was like the um, like the master vampire, yes. you know, and they would do his bidding. And eventually the Hardys got with him, right? Did mm-hmm. the Hardys become the Hardys part of the, did Hardy, for a minute, was yeah. that, Hardys did, Was that yeah. the New Brood? Were they called the New Brood? Or was Ooh, it just called the question. Brood? I think they might have been called the New Brood. They might have been, yeah. Yeah, but, the Hardys. But a version of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, that it was seemed, one of the hardies. I, it seemed I like when they, they started were a wearing, bit gothic, uh, their presence. So that's Yeah, they would wear yeah. darker colored clothes instead of the bright stuff. And I think that's when they started wearing those baggy pants, actually, is when they got with him. Oh, I you might be right, that, yeah. Because they yeah, were with they Doc were, Hendricks for a minute, and then they switched over to Gangrel. They were in, like, plaid tights and headbands and shit. And then they yeah. got with Gangrel, yeah. and they switched into that stuff. Like, they right. looked like they went to Hot Topic to buy their ring gear and then yes. hooked up with Gangrel. Like Gangrel, Gangrel threw him in the fucking hearse and drove him to the mall right. to get clothes. <laughs> Guys are going to Hot Topic, jump in. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Gangrel's one of my favorites of all time. Um, I think Adam's leaving. Uh, I'll be right back. Something's happening in the other room. Oh, something's happening. Okay, well, we'll, we'll carry the show without you. Yeah, we can cover. Um, yeah. And how cool that Gangrel never held gold in the WWE because mm -hmm. he didn't need to. Like right, when you've right. got a gimmick that's this good, you don't really need to be decorated to get yourself over. Like the gimmick on its own is going to get you over. And like you said, he was with ENC, he was with the Hardys, dude. That's two of the big three of the tag teams of the late '90s, early 2000s. Totally, totally. So I mean, yeah, he was kind of giving them the rub, but they were giving him the rub in return to the point where his gimmick was so over, he didn't need a title. Right, and he also he also had a longer run than I remember too, because I've been watching Attitude Era, and he was there pretty like. I want to say I'm in, where am I? Like mid 99 or late early 99 and he's still there. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was there like a year. He was there maybe two and a half, you know, like longer, yeah. longer than I thought. But um, yeah, you're totally right about the, about the, uh, the titles too. Never having one, but he's still, he was just so cool. He didn't need it. Yeah, no, he had a great run, dude. I mean, consider all things considered, you know, because it's one of those things like, okay, a vampire gimmick. You're not going to be around that long, but he had a great run, dude. So kudos to him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. So should right. I get into my next one without Adam? I mean, it's that or we just sit here. Hmm. We can sit here and we can talk about, uh, we can evaluate his his room. You know what I mean? Because he's not in front of the camera, so I can see his curtains. I can see some, like a picture on the wall. It looks like a picture of a flower or something. He's left us actually, sitting here like we're Steven fucking Glansberg. <laughs> yeah, other than that, it's fairly nondescript, so yeah. no, just go ahead and get your next one. The curtains. The curtains. All right, so my next one, and I don't even know if Adam knows who this is. Okay. This guy was legitimately terrifying to me when I was younger, dude. So, like, I got into wrestling in, like, the like around 84, and I only knew this guy because of wrestling magazines. Okay. The wrestling magazine stories were enough to spook me on this guy. Okay. Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading about his matches with Carlos Colon. Mm-hmm. And then they start showing pictures of the matches. And here's Abdullah with a goddamn fork in his hand, spiked into fucking Colon's forehead. Yeah. Like, just... Like, he's digging up his mashed potatoes off his plate, dude. Just carving this guy up. <laughs> he's pulling all sorts of shanks and shivs and shit out of his tights or his, his pants. He was a goddamn madman. And I loved him for it, dude. Like, he didn't need much mm -hmm. to be scary. But the fact that he showed up, he was a super heavyweight. And at any point, he was going to pull something sharp out of his trunks or his tights and stab you in the forehead with it. That dude was terrifying. And it was all he did, right? That's did all he, he do, did. Did he do a single wrestling move? Have you ever seen him do a wrestling move? I mean, he, he might have whipped people into the ropes so they got more momentum so he could stab him in the head with his fork. Yeah, or maybe give him like a karate chop when they come back or punch him or yeah. something. Like yeah, he had some I'm, strikes, but I don't remember ever seeing that dude. He wasn't suplexing anyone or anything. No, he probably you know? had like a Vulcan death grip or something so they could do a rest hold. You know, right. he'd like do it like he'd grab your trap or something. Well, but, yeah, because a minute in, he needs to catch his breath. Exactly, he needs a rest hold. So yeah, I mean, 
and he didn't really come into U.S. wrestling as far as I knew until mm-hmm. the early '90s, and we actually watched one of his matches at that Halloween Havoc. Yeah, where he was the guy thrown into the electric chair. I That's- think he, I think he might have wrestled uh, in the U.S., but I think he like because I think he had a lot of matches with. Um, didn't he used to wrestle? Didn't he have matches with the Sheik up in Detroit? Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking like on TV. You yeah, were like, like the casual viewer of WWF or WCW or even AWA could see him. Right. He didn't have a national presence. No. And I'm trying to remember if he was in world class. I can't remember. I, I think he might have been in world class for like a hot minute. Yeah. But I remember him primarily from showing up. Well, first off, I had his action figure in like 1985. But then I remember seeing him on TV in WCW. And then that, <coughs> excuse me, that led into that pay-per-view that we watched the Halloween Havoc where he okay. ate the electric chair. But okay. that guy to me was super terrifying. He was like one of those monsters in a horror film who mm-hmm. just wants to stab you. And right. He, yeah, he scared the shit out of me, dude. Yeah, he was great. He was. Oh, he was he like, really was. Yeah, he was like Jason Voorhees or something. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like psychotic. Yeah. yeah, he was a scary motherfucker, dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah. All right, Adam, you're up. Another name that I have uh, brought up in the past... The Voodoo Queen from TNA, Roxy Laveau. Oh, okay. You're going to have to school me on this one, dude. I'm unfamiliar. Yep. Uh, Once again, she from uh, New Orleans. Uh, She's the Voodoo Queen, came up with Voodoo Voodoo Kin Mafia. Uh, She she almost became the inaugural Knockouts champion. Uh, Gail Kin defeated her in that match. Just she was always great in the ring. She had uh like as a way to approach or uh what's that proper combat uh, term to advance towards somebody as a form of intimidation. She would start her gyrating thing a little bit, not as much not as much shaking as Boogie Band, but it was like almost a little robotic. But you could tell that she's a voodoo queen. She's not one hundred percent uh human if that makes sense okay and then uh yeah voodoo drop is uh her finisher i just thought that it was such a fantastic gimmick that uh they just she just needed to keep it for uh for a lot longer eventually she didn't because of uh the stipulation match where the beautiful people shaved her head she was still Aww. she was still uh, voodoo queen for a little bit, but then it's because she got a little bit, bit more pissed off and a little bit more mobile, not wearing the like baggy see through uh, voodoo pants and like wrap around or so. But also being creepy and uh, spooky, she also always wasn't wearing dark colors. Like she was always. She was wearing white with pink wraparound, so there was always something mystical about her, uh, about her uh, visual presence. So, just want to give a shout out to Roxy Laveau. I just wish she was the Voodoo Queen a lot longer, but in the time that she was, hell of a wrestler, hell entertaining. All right, and Eddie, you don't have any more. I have an honorable mention. I was going to yeah. get to it last, but I can do it now. Yeah, let's do that. Um, my honorable mention is um, Katie Vick. <laughs> because the reason for that, Jesus the reason Christ. for that is because she's dead, but she's still DTF. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. All of that is true. She is dead, 
and still DTF. Yeah. Also, I walked off when Adam was talking about uh, Roxy Laveau to grab another beer, and now I'm drinking a Hen House Oyster Stout. It's uh, uh it's brewed with actual oysters. Oh, interesting. Huh. I think it's. I don't know if they put oysters in there or if they just use like oyster water from an oyster or what. Okay. But it does taste like stout with oyster. Interesting. Really? Okay. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's from Hen House Brewing Company in Sonoma County, California. Adam, how many more do you have? Um, uh, I could do two more. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna go with Eddie's favorite wrestler, The Fiend. Oh fuck. Okay, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> no, if you're a kid watching wrestling, and you're not, not smart to the game, The Fiend would be downright terrifying. Popping out from under the ring, dragging people into the swamp. The mask alone, dude, is scary. I mean, the mask is cool, and that that mask is made by shit. I'll have to think about his name. Tom Savini, um, horror legend. Tom Savini, yeah, horror legend. Also made Slipknot's mask, or Corey Taylor's mask, anyway. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I loved the gimmick. I thought it was cool. You and I really differed on that one. I loved the Fiend character. Um, I'm super happy Bray is back. I know that you don't want him to go back to the Fiend. But no. I love the Fiend gimmick. I thought that the mask was great. I will also, you know, being an, a wrestling figure collector, like when he came, I'm like, oh, this is going to make an amazing wrestling figure. Like this is going to be badass. And then I enjoyed the gimmick in addition to that. So it was all a win-win for me. I loved the Fiend. Everything about it was cool. Okay. I like the Fiend at the start. So his first match was SummerSlam 2019. I remember uh, that yeah. against Finn Balor. I, I, yeah. Yes. Chris, and, uh, Chris and I were actually at that show. And when he came out with the new music, I fucking loved it. I loved Bray Wyatt up to that point. You know, I thought that he was one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. Um, and so at that, at the beginning, I thought The Fiend was fucking great. But it didn't last long because it turned into every week, it would just be the end of the show would be the lights go dark and he shows up in the ring with the red light and he's usually got a mandible claw on someone. He right. barely, I mean, how many matches did the guy fucking have? Do you think he had a dozen matches? Well, and that's the problem is I think that his booking got jacked up. I don't think that they knew what to do. They knew they had something cool. Yeah. And I think you and I discussed this in NOLA when we were talking about Bray. They knew they had a cool gimmick, a cool looking character, but they didn't know what to do with him. There's only so many guys you can put him into the ring with. Like, look, that Hell in the Cell match with Seth was a disaster. Right. That's the worst finish I've ever seen for a match. It was horrible. Seth's the face and he's getting fucking booed. Yeah. You know, because the crowd loved The Fiend. He had to change his gimmick because of that. Exactly. That turned Seth. You're absolutely right. And I don't think that WWE really knew what to do with him. I think with better direction, that character has a completely different arc. And maybe you don't hate The Fiend. Yeah. And, and, I just think know, he's to, a product of bad booking. Well, yeah. I don't hate the character. I hate the booking. And actually, I do hate the Firefly Funhouse and all that fucking nonsense. That was um, what I really Complete opposite. I love that shit. I thought it was fucking ridiculous when the puppets were showing up. <laughs> and the guy... The, when it got really bad was, I forget which show it was, it might have been Extreme Rules or some fucking thing, where the puppets were actually, this is when they were in, in the Thunderdome, when the puppets were actually at the ring, and whoever was re wrestling had to be afraid of the puppet. I was like, <laughs> give me a fucking break, man. Now you're gone. You know, now it's just stupid. I don't like, know, I the, doll, the doll one is pretty scary, dude. If you've ever watched The Conjuring or Annabelle, you're going to be Vince, scared of that doll. The Vince doll? No, 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 the, not that oh, one. Oh, the, the, the girl doll. Yeah, yeah the girl yeah, yeah. doll. Yeah. Yeah. It would, oh, it everybody's afraid of the Vince doll. It would have been funny when he just came back right now and the dolls were there like in like in full-size costumes if they had had the Vince one. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking a chick and throwing money on her back. He's fucking the other doll. 
<laughs> yeah. Nice. Who would have been in the costume? <laughs> Vince. I guess. <laughs> yeah, the paralegal would have been in the other costume. <laughs> well, of course, the paralegal TV, would all. Damn it. Paralegal will know all his moves. <laughs> Let me in, pal. <laughs> oh, it's good shit. All right, all right. No, it's a, yeah, just to summarize, like, I didn't hate the fiend. I hate the way they used him. I thought the character was cool, but the just same thing every week and barely yes. ever wrestling was nonsense. I get um, that. And the, I get that. And the and the stupid, the Firefly Funhouse was just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It was Okay, there I will differ with you on, because I love the yeah. Funhouse. It was something different. But yeah, it was the, the infrequent matches, mm-hmm. and I just don't think they knew what the hell to do with them. Yeah. It was like they had a new toy. Right. They just didn't know how to play with it. You're totally right. I, w- yeah. I want to say I would side with Eddie on this because it just got way too ceremonious with him. Like, not just the fact that maybe a victim of uh, bad booking, but it's just a standard entrance or a run-in or, like, any Firefly Funhouse appearance. It got way too ceremonious. Like, it probably costs as much as uh, that uh, a Glacier appearance on WCW. It it was just it was just too much to bring me out of the world of wrestling. Well, it makes you wonder too. But like yeah. everybody's super happy that Bray is back in the WWE. Did they miss the Fiend, or did they miss the previous Bray Wyatt gimmick? I'm kind of curious where the fans' loyalties lie. Like, what did they miss? That's where I am. I missed that, and I really like the Eater of Worlds one that he had evolved into before becoming the Fiend. Right. You know, I love right. I love the cult leader from Snakebite, Florida. But the Eater of Worlds was really good, too. I liked everything he did up until that point. Gotcha. Okay, Adam. All right. Alistair slash Malachi Black. Oh. Okay. That's a good one. Yep. I mean, awesome metal music for his entrance. Totally. Rising up from the grave for his entrance. That was fucking cool. Yep. Like yeah, you, that was cool. Like, okay, I guess I was at his. I, I was at his first match in NXT, and so I was there the first time he did that, and it was fucking cool. You know, yeah, dude. I I want to say like two or two or three shows. I saw him uh, doing that. It's like even though you could see the set piece being loaded in or prepped uh, for the entrance, but to still watch it live, fucking oh, still fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah. Even when yeah. you see how it's done, you're like, I don't care. That still looks fucking great. Yeah. 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 It was cool. I guess like maybe what you were saying with uh, modernizing the vampires or so, I guess there's that balance of he's vampire slash cult leader ish. Like he just had that presence like so like so many tattoos because he's so committed to whatever dark art that uh he's portraying and then also i called him a modernized undertaker because like he would just great in the ring uh with uh aerial moves always uh sitting down in uh cross leg style to intimidate somebody and then even when he's not in his ring gear he's in like purple dress shirt black pants and tie like he he could have a dark side, but he could also be formal. So he knows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he knows how to be a leader and knows how to be a warrior in the ring under this dark gimmick. And like the fiend, another product of bad booking. I think that they knew they had a cool toy and they didn't know what mm-hmm. the hell to do with them. Yeah, when, they, when he hit ricochet. the main roster, 
Yeah, dude, come on. That's that's lame. Like he was great yeah. in NXT. He was on the right path. He hit the main roster and went completely sideways. They just didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know how to incorporate him with their existing roster. And he just got lost in the shuffle, dude. And it's sad because he's such a talent. And AEW hasn't done much better with him. No, they haven't. You're absolutely you know, right. They put Brody King with him, which is kind of cool. You put a guy with a similar just, look with him. And maybe they had one more guy. Now I can't remember. Uh, but Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Which Buddy Murphy makes sense because they had those great series of matches on Raw. Right. But it's like, well, why do you want to fucking put them together on the other show? Right. Solely for that reason. And Buddy Murphy just doesn't fit that group at all. As great as he is, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Not, yeah. They, they couldn't find another wrestler covered with tattoos. Well, look, Triple oh, H now, knew what to do with them. Now it's playing, and, a, Hertz, it's playing a Hertz commercial now. <laughs> <laughs> no free plugs. Yeah, this is what it. happens when you get your music from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> look, hopefully one of these days he's back under Triple H's wing mm-hmm. and he gets the proper showing on the main roster like he should have gotten the first time around. Not to say I don't want him to go back to AEW, finish up your deal, whatever, but it seems that the only one that's gotten Aleister Black right has been Triple H. So yeah. hopefully one of these days. Fingers crossed. Totally. Also, he uh, married well. He married very well. well. Yeah. yeah, I think he outkicked his coverage a little bit, to be honest with you. Congratulations. Yeah, no, hey, that's that's <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, so I've got three more. Jesus. Okay. But that, I can go quick. Okay. Whatever. Just ask Shannon. I can go really quick. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be uh, bragging about next that. Next up for me is Mankind. Oh, yeah. I almost picked him, but then I um, forgot. <laughs> Dude, his promos were so good. Like, he oh, played yeah. a madman so well. And then he sits in the corner, and he's rocking, and he's pulling out his hair. And then they gave him the extra element of adding Paul Bearer to him when Bearer turned on Undertaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from there, he just took off. He had that amazing title match with HBK. That yeah. that really, like, leaned into him as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so not only is he psychotic and can cut an amazing promo, but then he can go out and have this killer fucking match with the heavyweight champion who in a lot of people's minds is the best of all time in HBK. Yeah. Like that made mankind a huge threat. And not to mention his gimmick was creepy as fuck. He had the the mask. He was pulling his hair out. His promos were great. Great look all around for mankind. So he made my list. He was cool too, because he was kind of early on in the days of WWE putting like uh, production behind a character where he would have the, I think it was a blue light. And then they would sit like when he would get to the ring, they would just light the ring up blue. And then I think it was blue. And then he would sit in the corner and rock back and forth. And, and his music, too, when he came it, to the ring, was like that piano, like, kind of haunting music. Yeah, and it was eventually... Like something humming, but... Yeah, it's just... He's present, but he's not all there, and he could yeah. really do damage if uh, unleashed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he could fuck you right up, yeah. And he, he also later on had different music before and after his matches. That's right, yes. Yeah, which That's is... Right. I'm not sure if anyone else... I'm sure probably... I don't know. Someone's probably done it besides him. I can't recall it off the top of my but head. I, yeah, I can't either. Um, that'd be something to think about. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, I forgot about that bit, but you're yeah, right. He's definitely, awesome. he's definitely the first one I ever heard do that. So, Oh, did Doink do that? No, Doink, no, Doink, Doink no. didn't do that. No, he had the regular circus music. It's, and then, and then it would kick heel. into like haunting. like yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he might be the one guy who ever did that, had different music before and after his matches. Yeah, I think you're right. Adam, mm-hmm. do you have anybody else? An honorable mention? Uh yeah, uh, how he's been mentioned several times already, but how could we not elaborate on him? And I'm sure you could bring in a few others uh, with his name, but how could we not talk about The Undertaker? Well, because we did a whole episode on him. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. We're right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't start the content till how many minutes in? But I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, anything that you know we'd say about the Undertaker, just use yeah, just use your use your knowledge about the legend or the fi- listen to that the episode. phenom that he yeah. is, and listen to that episode. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, he was a guy that was meant as like kind of a throwaway haunting character and they were kind of feeding him similar gimmicks right like giant gonzalez like kamala like papa shango but then evolved into this amazing wrestler like and i don't know if anybody really saw that coming but he Something ended up being incredible overly power the best of all time overly powerful i don't know if uh, you like you would trust him with this with so many pyro gimmicks uh, like aside from just your standard entrance like a dedicated pyro or uh Pyro the stunts. only wrestler, they, the only guy they ever lit on fire. Yeah. Lit on fire, crucif- like to crucify right. Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, and Stone Cold. And Stone Cold. And, and, right. and Stone Cold. Yeah. Well, like you started to say, like, yeah, nobody would have thought much of him. He, it'd be like a toss away, you know, throwaway kind of thing. Like, you would have thought, if you kind of knew the way that they booked things, if you'd been watching wrestling for a while, you'd be like, okay, he's the next big monster. They're going to build him up, have him whip everyone's ass. Then he's going to go have a series of matches with Hogan. Yeah, they're going to feed lose, him to Hogan. Lose, and then he'll probably be gone. No, he Which fucking, is what I thought was happening at that Survivor Series, to be honest with you. And then he fucking beat Hogan. And then he beat Hogan. You're like, whoa, 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 wait. They're flipping yeah, well, the script on us here. What are they doing? Yeah, right. You kind of had that pattern with Hogan up to that point. And right, Undertaker exactly. Completely, like, he clearly won over Vince in that right. year that he was there. That's like right. the perfect um, balance of him working his ass off and good booking. And, yeah, and they took and the title off. Like, yeah. luck, maybe. And they immediately but, yeah. took the title off him, but it's like, okay, he's not going anywhere. This guy's yeah, oh, here yeah. long term. He he's entrenched. He's, Hogan. he's yeah. a monster. Yeah. He could go for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Vince was seeing too, okay, the era of Hogan is starting to fade a little bit. We need mm-hmm. to find that next big man. Boom, Undertaker's right there. And he turned a babyface within a year of that, right? He sure did, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Macho Man's wedding. Macho Man's wedding, yeah. Uh, so my next person, actually, speaking of the Undertaker, going to talk about his brother, Kane. Okay. I, I mean, almost, Mr. Mayor. I almost, I thought about putting Unabomb on my list. <laughs> um, but I just couldn't really find enough material about Unabom. Like, I know who he is. I know, obviously, why he was named that. I know it was Kane. Not Isaac um, Ankum? Yeah, no, no, not Isaac Ankum. No, that wasn't very creepy. <laughs> so I'm basically putting him on here because he set his parents on fire. <laughs> he made okay. Katie Vick a corpse for Triple H to bang. Yes. And his political views are frightening. So that to me <laughs> that, is very scary. That's actually the like the top uh, scary thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's why Kane made my list. <laughs> All right. It's a good one. And my last one, and I promise this is my last one. This is probably the scary, like out of all the guys I mentioned, Papa Shango, Abdullah the Butcher, The Fiend, Mankind, Kane. This last one to me is horrifying. Because this person literally walked to the ring with every intention of ending your career. And that person oh. is Nia Jax. <laughs> and that rounds out my super scary list. That's true. If you're ever going to see someone get murdered in the ring, it was going to be by Nia Jax. Exactly. Exactly. She went to the ring with the intention of ending your career legitimately. And that's why she tops my list of most scary wrestlers. <laughs> well done. Thank you. I love it. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so that takes care of our list of 
spooky gimmick and scary wrestlers. We hope you had uh, fun enjoying these. We know that there are several that we did not mention. And uh, if that's the case, please talk about them on our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. And we hope you all have a uh, great time uh, celebrating Halloween. Please, uh, or on behalf of Scott and Eddie, I'm Adam, reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, eat like candy like nobody's, eat candy like nobody's watching, drink your faces off from chalices and shit. Have a great time this weekend and stay safe and stay drunk. Yep, happy adult Halloween. Yep. One, two. Oh, really quick, really quick. Um, yes, sorry. Yes, um, yes. I meant to say earlier. Um, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't. I know, like, there are a million of you guys who listen to the show. Um, oh, also, duh, I should have said this earlier. Hello to any of our new listeners who saw our flyers at the SmackDown in New Orleans. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so now, now Adam's trying to do the outro. I'm, I'm interrupting him to do an intro. Yeah, you cut um, Adam I, off at second base. Yeah, well, I was like I told you, I was ill prepared for the show. I'm working on. Um, well, you know what? We might as well put it out there. Um, make sure to check out the show next week because it is the roast of the Miz. Big show, Woo! and that's why I was so behind. Yeah, that's why I was so ill prepared today because I was busy editing that fucking show uh, today. And um, yeah, so anyway, listen to that next week. We had Thanks to any of our new listeners. Glad to have you on board, um, especially the dude. I don't have his name in front of me, but the guy who, while we were at SmackDown, tweeted me saying he just started listening to the show. Then he sent me a clip of the Marty the Party episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, remember when you said this? <laughs> yeah, we were laughing our asses off in that arena. That was great. Um, I'm watching yeah, SmackDown so right now and my own wrestling memory. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, yeah, anyway, um, get a, if you get a chance, just leave us a review. Um, from what I understand, the more reviews you get and the higher rated you are, the more likely you are to get added to lists, you know, where they'll recommend you. Um, so it helps. It, it helps. The, from, what I, from what I understand, it helps the show a lot if you guys do that. So um, I don't know, dude, while you're dropping a Tessa, just fucking pull your phone out, get on Apple. And uh, I don't think you leave reviews on Spotify, but get on Apple if you listen to us on Apple. Or if you listen to us on anything, anything else, do it on Apple anyway. Yeah, if you can't afford to buy a fucking shirt, leave a fucking review. There you go. There you go. And send beer. Also the liquor. Yeah. Good thing Eddie uh, got it uh, at the two count and to get all those in. If I, yeah, you got a shoulder up. I, yeah. I got a shoulder up. It was too yeah. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's take it home for real, Adam. I, you also told me that you had like, what, 50 scans that first day? Hopefully you, get, yeah, hopefully you like got that. a lot yeah. more. But thanks to all yeah. of you. Welcome to our drunk wrestling adventure. And we will see you coming from the hammered Stein Ballroom at the Roast. That's our show. One, two, three. I'm the Boogeyman, and I'm coming to get ya. Is ceremonious a word? Let's all bang Katie Vic. <laughs> oh my god.